You're listening to the Evolution Exchange Podcast Australia, a melting pot of ideas and inspiration shared by some of the most successful tech leaders. I'm Henry Tetley. I help connect businesses with tech talent. And today I'm your host. Okay, welcome guys to the latest episode of the Evolution Exchange Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about candidate and employee retention techniques. So um, let's let's get into the intros. Uh, Stephen, would you like to kick us off? Yes, pleasure. It's, it's great to be here. My name's Stephen Kilsby. I'm a director of software at uh, Mitic. We're a uh, global construction company. There's around 6,000 people worldwide. It's around 400 people in the software team here. Um, the company has a, a number of different pillars to itself. It's, uh, we have engineered products, so we can build mezzanine systems, floor cassettes, uh, curtain walls. We have automations, so that's saws and machinery. We have a services team We can do construction estimating, design, drafting, and then software. So we have a whole guard of software, component design, engineering processes, process management, software. Um, it's a great company to be part of. I've been with them for seven years, and uh, I look over teams in Australia, Vietnam, and New Zealand. Awesome. Cheers, Stephen. Uh, Tony, over to you. Hi, Henry. Uh, <clears throat> thanks for having me on the on the show. Uh, yeah, I'm the head of engineering at a company called Nira. And what we do is critical. Um, well, we provide insights for critical infrastructure, and we help accelerate the adoption of renewables to the grid. So we mostly deal with utility companies. Um, we gather terabytes and terabytes of LiDAR data and point cloud data. We run it through deep learning models to classify hundreds of billions uh, of points. And then we, from there, we vectorize it and spit out the digital 3D model so that you can model different types of risks, uh, figure out uh, 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 flooding risks, um, wildfire risks, clearance risks, vegetation risks, and provide additional insight into your critical infrastructure. Nice uh, one. Cheers. Cheers, Tony. Uh, Luis, over to you. Yeah. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm Luis Sanchez, and I am an engineer manager, one of the engineer managers at Deputy. Deputy is an Australian public company, but it's a global platform for managing hourly workers. We have really 1.5 million workers in the platform. And personally, I'm passionate about having a positive impact in the world. And that's one of the reasons why I joined Deputy. We are, our mission is to create thriving workplaces. Um, myself as an engineering manager, one of my passion is to create a thriving workplace where people are happy, fulfilled, uh, they are becoming their best selves. I'm relatively new to engineering manager. I've been doing it for two years, but I've been in the tech industry for 10. Awesome. Cheers, mate. And Mitch, over to yourself. Hi, uh, my name's Mitch Dowd. I'm head of engineering at Zemplo. Zemplo is the latest and greatest HR software platform uh, out on the Australian market at the moment. Uh, so, yeah, we cover a whole range of HR suite experiences, payroll, HR, timekeeping, uh, a few stuff for various agencies, etc. So, uh, yeah, look us up. Um, but yeah, in, in terms of our role as head of engineering, uh, managing a, a set of teams, looking after each of our different products, and yeah, background. I'm a techie by heart, but uh, uh, you know, you, you tend to progress and uh, have to step further and further away from it. And now, a lot of my my passion comes in just trying to to make everything run like a well-oiled machine. I guess um, I haven't got there yet. Just uh, you know. We're all learning. 
Awesome. Well, no, thanks guys for joining us. Uh, really looking forward to, to hearing all your insights and your words of, words of wisdom on this topic. Um, so if we start with um, the, the, the summary of what it means. So if you were to summarize employee retention in one sentence, what would it be and why? Louise, if you'd like to uh, kick us off. Yeah, sure. So yeah, I have some thoughts around it. Um, for me, one of the main things is to have a humanistic approach to employee rotation. After all, we are all humans that come to work. Uh, the main thing to keep employees retained is to look after their human needs. Of course, the very first thing is the physiological safety needs that everyone comes to work for a salary. But if you were to like think beyond the salary, what are all the things? And I, I will consider three things. One is the sense of belonging. I think everyone wants to feel part of they belong to a team. Then a sense of self-esteem and to be proud about yourself. Uh, are you recognizing your employees? And the last one is to become your best self. And uh, are you giving enough opportunities for people to develop uh, and pursue their career goals? Would like to hear all the things on on the call. Awesome. Cheers, mate. Uh, Steven? Oh, yeah. yeah, Mitch. Yeah, yeah, Mitch. Um, it's just me avoiding awkward violence, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I sort of looked at this question and, and thought of it instead of definition of retention, I guess the points of view of retention. And so I looked, thought there's the, there's the business point of view where really it's about, I don't want to have to go to market recruiting people and go through the cost of uh, uh, knowledge handover, recruitment, I'm down from waiting for people and that's really the business perspective of it and then there's the actual employee perspective of it is hey please give me reasons to stay and, and why should I not see greener pastures and and I guess employee retention kind of comes into that hopefully crossover and and, and common uh, commonality between those but uh, I think more and more often it ends up being the the employee view which matters most because at the end of the day, it's up to them whether or not they they stand up and leave. So employee retention, I guess, from the manager's perspective is about making sure that, hey, we, we put in the effort that, that's worth keeping them um, and, and making them happy while still looking after business needs. Awesome. So if I can jump in, like, I think for myself, it's hard to to just focus on how I can help employees versus what's the system that the company's setting up that's going to make it a great place to work. Uh, but when I thought about the question, I, the one sentence I came up with was feverishly reviewing, is this a great place to work? With a bunch of, of little sort of um, sayings, or it's like, it's not about the destination, it's the journey. It's, it's sort of continuously experimenting what's working, what's not working, the, the market is shifting. People want something different next year than they, they had. They'll have children. Everyone's needs will change as the company goes on. How do you stay fresh for that? Um, as well as just really needing good relationships with everyone so that you can open up what is the best thing available for, for staff in the company. And they can both sides really talk freely about what's, what's going to be awesome for the best work to think about. Um, yeah, those are a couple of the things I thought. It's like, yeah, can someone grow and um, 
choose a new journey is it because it's about the journey that counts so people are on a journey with you you're not about trying to to keep them there at the end there's if they choose it somewhere else is, is a useful place to grow to celebrate the time you've had with them um but they're definitely making it fantastic through through the each day rather than there'll be a point in the future where where this will be great um and yeah some like the more the more you give the, the more you get back and and definitely in the long run and, and over many many people you start seeing that yeah it's it, it the more you give here it's is is what's going to receive back from from people trusting that you're a great place to work and and building it with you what about yourself tony yeah, i think those are those are really great answers i can definitely feel uh, and relate to your point of view there mitch and i think my answer is more a combination of the humanistic approach that Louis had and and Stephen's journey. Like journey is the key word for me there. And for me, retention is the art and how we cultivate an environment where individuals feel valued and empowered and they have a purpose so that they stay on the journey with the organization through both thick and thin. And I, I truly believe that NIR is making a difference in critical infrastructure and renewables. So given all the crazy weather events and change in climate, like we can't do this without the help of genuinely like people who genuinely care about what they're doing and that they're doing something great with purpose. And so keeping people engaged, supported and valued ensures that the organization and everybody in it uh, prospers so that we can focus on doing bigger, better things. Awesome. Well, it could just be a bit about uh, company loyalty. Remember those used to be words, be loyal to your company and eventually get a five-year badge in it and you badge. Sitting in a room here with a whole lot of people, leaders in business, it's good to hear that instead it's about how can we make life good for employees to make it worth them staying instead of guilting them into staying whether or not they want to. Uh, I think that's a good uh, a good outcome and a good direction that the world is taking. Yeah, I really like what Stephen said around the more you give, the more you're going to receive. I think that summarizes pretty much. For sure. Absolutely. Okay. Awesome. Well, what do you wish you'd known about candidate retention five years ago, Stephen? Awesome. I, I love this question. My, the, the first thing that came into my mind is I, I hadn't actually heard about candidate retention as a topic five years ago, and I immediately didn't really like the word, but I'll, I'll get it out of that. Um, for, for me, some of the call outs was like I figure I'm quite immature with it. It's, it's not about having a database of candidates. Um, every interaction that you have with people is, is an opportunity to build people connected to, to whether it's yourself or the company that you're working for and really taking advantage of that. Um, and, and when you're meeting people outside of your company, really being able to enjoy people, be thankful for the interaction that you get from them, especially if they're in the same career and You've got an opportunity to think, hey, this is a great place to work at. They'll see that, that you, you enjoy your work and uh, there's an opportunity to build candidate protection or really attracting people to your company. Um, but I, I did a bit of reading up on it in preparation for today and, and reading about building communities around your business. And that, that's all very exciting stuff for me, being able to get people to connect with what you do, even though they're, they're not part of your employee group, get, get a... a uh, a, a nice, honest community of, of people around your business sounds like a, a really exciting opportunity, and um, yeah, something to to make communities is very important in the, in a world post COVID where communities might have been thrown around quite a bit. 
I'll, I'll, I'll jump into the awkward silence again. Uh, <laughs> the person I have. Uh, uh, this question is, uh, is we went from employee retention to candidate retention. And so I'm just kind of entering in my mind about what the, the difference is there. And I think um, I, I almost think candidate retention initially came out as like, I don't know if I want to do that, but sounds like keeping candidates just like on the hook. And, and making them wait until you until you finally have an answer before you uh, give you know give them the news as to whether you'd like to hire them. But I think instead it's more just about uh, the question I'm guessing is more around hey those relationships and that, that, those candidate potential candidate relationships. And I think what I would have liked to know five years ago was that you know uh, even though I'm inherently a bit of a an introverted techie kind of guy, the whole you know, nurturing of relationships is still actually within my grasp. And and when whenever you think of, you know, it's it's who you know, not what you know and and all those uh idioms that, that fly around out there, even though I've always thought of myself as the guy who knows things and not people, the more I look back I realise, hey, I I've I've been around the block a few times and I do know a lot of people. And I have just a whole mass of connections that I've had just simply from being around the place that I've been. So uh, I do have that pool and that that sort of retained set of connections there that I can draw on whenever things come up. And, and in fact, here when I started at Zenplow about a year ago, I've, I've since managed to be able to hire and pick and choose a few people that I have worked with in the past or or have interacted with in the past, and and that's really you know being being a good help in getting getting things up to speed equipment nice one mitch um tony over to you mm. <clears throat> so when we say candidate we mean like potential employees right That's yeah okay um for me at the very start of the recruitment process um when i'm looking to retain the candidate whether or not they're successful um what I what I what I tend to do is I give like a demo of the app of Nero how it works and things like that and um, and that ten out of ten times people love that right and because what what they can do is they can see oh this this is where I can actually apply my skill sets oh this is an interesting problem can I know more about that please right and then I also try to align like their their skill sets with. Uh, what their interests are, because I think interest-based learning is good, and what they're passionate about makes them work better in that area. Um, and I try to be transparent upfront as well. Like this is what I would expect. You know, you need to know your algorithms, your data structures to tackle 3D spatial things, because it's it's quite difficult, right? It's not your traditional, um, like just web-only app or something like that, which might be a little bit a uh, little bit easier. Um, it's not just like a sign-up form or anything. Um, so like, you know, being transparent about that, being transparent about pay, um, building that rapport, that relationship with the person. Hey, look, I'm putting all my expectations and everything up front so that there are no surprises because you don't want to surprise them or do a bait and switch or anything like that. Right. So whether or not they they're successful, at least they walked out of it, you know, learning something. And I'll also try to do things like give feedback on their CV. Hey, I think you could have improved in this area or that area, you could have used the star format here or something like that. And that builds like a trust, right? I'm not trying to get anything out of you here, right? It's like we're spending the time with each other. Let's talk through it. If there's there's a match, then there's a match. If not, doesn't mean you're bad or anything. It just means that your skill sets are probably um, 
you know, better apply somewhere else. Awesome. Yeah, I can go next. I think when I initially got that question, I thought more around employee retention, but I think ultimately the employee retention and candidate, it all comes to building trust, very similar to what Tony said, it's very important to build that rapport with the, with the employee. That way you can have like an honest two-way conversation. If you really listen to what they, uh, what they are after, I don't think there is a one solution fits all. I think it's important to hear the candidate. Some people might be, might be more motivated towards like flexible work arrangements, maybe they want like professional career development. So just what uh, hear what they are after. Um, the only way to have that is to be like a honest two way uh, communication, be transparent about the salary, uh, be transparent about what's expected, try to match them with like a good role aligned with the career goals. Um, yeah, pretty much very similar to Tony actually. Awesome. Cheers, guys. Um, and is it, did you have uh, like a different opinion on uh, more like if it was a, a different? viewpoint of that or a different sort of angle you mentioned there at the start um when you first heard the question um you maybe interpreted it interpreted it a different way was there was there a different view that you had on that prior to oh what i mainly was for employee retention like someone that has been in the company for like some time already but i think ultimately it all comes to building trust uh, I think the more you develop your relationships with your employees, it's all about having a, a relationship, building rapport, and they are actually going to open up and really tell you what's going on in their minds. Like, are they not really happy with the salary? Are they not happy with their job? Are they actually looking somewhere else? I think in order to have those kind of conversation, it's always good to, to build that bond initially. Like maybe, maybe are you going out for, for coffee runs? I know now that we live in a remote world, these interactions might be hard, but I think it's really important to try to spend time in person where possible. That's where most of the honest conversations happen. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it, like going back to, um, uh, someone mentioned in a previous uh, podcast I've recently recorded about the, the whole, you know, the, the water cooler conversation where, uh, obviously it's a very hypothetical term, but even just, you know, going up and getting a glass of water or meeting in the kitchen to at the same time when you're making a, a coffee or whatever it may be, a lot of the, the conversations that you have around there are actually really important for the collaboration between your teams. Um, Tony, did, did you have something to add there? Um, I guess it's the first part of what Louis was saying. I also interpreted the question as uh, employee retention as well. Um, so back when I was uh, a bit younger, like much more than than five years ago, I actually um, I preferred to have all my communications through text format. Being the the younger the younger me, I don't know if people remember MSN Messenger. That was a that was a thing in the workplace. <laughs> <laughs> uh, WhatsApp and Slack. Um, and I type between 180 to 200 words per minute, so it's fairly quick. And the mistake I made was that I didn't distinguish between the message and the medium. And so the message is what you want to get across, but the medium is how you did it, right? And as you can imagine, if you uh, this can cause like plenty of problems. So people might have missed a joke, misinterpreted things, and if you miss a comma, any social cues are dropped when uh, when this happens, and and, and people can see it as coming off as uh, rude, arrogant, when it's really not the case at all. Um, so now I take a step back and I think about the message 
uh, that I want to convey and how I want to convey it. So some examples, like if I'm looking for like uh, quick information, I might send a short message on this on a Slack channel or something, and and, and I would expect like a link to a document so there's no duplication or waste. Um, if like it's an incident that we we wanna we wanna deal with, like an incident management case, um, that I might message the channel uh, with all the people that are required in that in that channel, so we can paste images and and logs and things that we need to deal with or code, and then also at the same time I have a huddle. But the, the key here is like you have voice into the factor now and messages for the log, right? Um, because most people are probably looking at their screens or something um, to, to debug this issue. And then like the last thing that I, that I do like for performance management is um, whether it's praise or um, setting expectations for improvement, then it's going to be a video call if they're remote or face-to-face -face, just so you can show sincerity and you don't have any misunderstandings because it's it's a fragile situation at this point if it's a difficult conversation, so you don't want any room for miscommunication here. So that was just building on the original, what I thought the original question was, I missed the key candidate thing there. <laughs> Sorry, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> All good. And anyone else with anything to add there? Um, yeah, the good ones, I guess the, some of the stuff has been about, hey, uh, on getting candidates to, to come into the fold, uh, as as an interpretation of candidate uh, retention there, and I guess my tactic there, not tactic, my my approach, I guess, is that during interviews and during the whole uh, screening process and everything, I try to treat it as much as a two way interview as possible, and that they're interviewing me, um, and I try to encourage as many questions as possible. A because I get a lot out of a lot of information from the type of questions that they ask, but also, that they're going around looking for the right place for them, just as much as we're going around looking for the right uh, candidate to join the company. And so, instead of trying to run the thing as if you're you're in a senior position and they are sort of coming and appealing to you, begging for a role, I think those days are kind of past. And now. It's, it's, it's as much a, a two-way interview as possible and it helps to just have that mental mindset when you go in into interviews seeing it that way that you're interviewing just as much as they're interviewing 100 percent. yeah that, that's something that we you know uh, as a as an agency recruiter you know we're, we're telling um candidates all the time treat it just as much as an interview um that, that you're being interviewed but also you're interviewing them because you know one day you're potentially going to work with that person and you know you've got to you got to get a, a a feeling and you've got to make up your mind as to whether that's the person that you want to be uh, reporting to or working alongside on a daily basis and you know if there's any queries or uncertainties that you've got about you know what the the role might look like now's the perfect time to ask it rather than you know sort of keep your mouth shut and be like oh like i just hope i get the role and then once you get into the role when you if you figure out that that question that you were maybe too scared to ask isn't what you were looking for you know you, you're putting yourself in a very difficult situation so it's uh yeah so it's a very good um uh, a modern approach to, to interviewing i'd say yeah it's very easy to feel like you're going in and and being judged and so you, the candidates often try to do what they can to obtain the role because then they feel like they've succeeded not all roles are worth obtaining right if you, if you ask the right questions you might find the role it really isn't for you uh and, and to turn the other way exactly exactly right uh Louise? 
Yeah, I just wanted to extend around what Mitch was saying. Uh, I think an interview is very important to highlight that it's a two-way conversation. I think nowadays it's not uncommon that a candidate might be interviewed for more than one company at the same time. Uh, opening up the floor for a two-way interview, um, also making sure that the candidates feel being feel, being felt valued, um, that you're really following up promptly after you have the the interview, uh, making the candidate feel appreciated is just as important. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, and look, I mean, Mitch, you've you've sort of touched on the the next question there already, but um, <laughs> what would your top three techniques be to ensure that developers are engaged? All right, I'll dive in. Uh, I think we went from the previous question where it was what is one sentence, and now I've got to come up with three answers. Um, <laughs> that's okay. I think we all struggled to stick to one sentence before. Uh, I I did jot some things here, so. Keeping developers engaged, uh, we're thinking of developers specifically, right? And, and uh, sort of three words, I jotted autonomy, guidance, and teamwork. Um, and I'll kind of elaborate on them. Autonomy, it's having the chance to actually make decisions. Developers can really get stuck in a world where they're just having to take the next the next item off their, off their slum board, do it, get the next one, and become a bit of a production line, which can really grind you down uh so sometimes it's good to give them chances to think outside the box help come up with solutions give them more leeway give them freedom to do things the best way they can and actually treat them like the intelligent person that you hired when you got them you know, hire smart people to do smart things and not just to tell them what to do uh, I, I put guidance and for that for that same reason of they get stuck in the day-to-day uh the old rigmarole and Sometimes it's good to draw them aside and go, "Hey, let's 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 talk about not performance management, but career management. What what are you looking to to move forward on? What are there any other things that you'd like to get your hands on that you haven't been able to? Do you have aspirations? Have you even thought about that?" And most of my I don't know, most of my team, when I put them on the spot like that, they haven't thought about that at all. Uh, and, but they really appreciate being asked and. Uh, my last point, as we're coming up with three, was teamwork. Um, they say, oh, people don't leave jobs, they leave managers, but uh, they also don't necessarily stay because of jobs, they stay because of their team. Um, and the more that your people are working with each other, developing closer relationships, that they're, they're kind of going to, to stay more engaged because they're working with friends. Uh, and that's kind of what keeps it going in life in general for a lot of us anyway massively yeah i mean well look, you spend the majority of your time at work don't you so um you know getting on with your work colleagues is obviously a massive thing and um it's, it's very cringy but it's almost like a second family isn't it <laughs> yeah. it is what, <laughs> what about sometimes you? you spend more time with your colleagues and your family that, that's it absolutely you, you do and especially if you you know if you're in the office and, and working from an office every day that's that's very very true um obviously now that there's more of a hybrid approach and um and much more remote options you know it is a bit a bit more flexible with that but definitely if uh, if you're in an office every day for sure tony what, what about yourself um i just wanted to actually point out a uh, an observation i guess on on mitch's thing on autonomy so I think the autonomy thing, like I resonate with that 
a lot as well. Like try to, to give the team as much autonomy as possible because you know you want them to be self-forming and 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 self-autonomous, um, right? It just keeps the less management overhead for us, really. Um, but it also says that hey, I trust you, right? To go and do this. Here's the objective. Here's the goal. How you do it is completely up to you, and I, it gives them a lot of trust. And I like to start at that as well. I guess what's a little bit more controversial is um, I'll go the other way too. And, um, <laughs> and what I mean about this is you'll see on LinkedIn, you'll see on like social media and all those things where they're like, oh, it's micro management versus autonomy, right? But I don't think it's really binary, you know? So I'll start on one end, right? I think it's more of a spectrum. So I'll start, here's all the autonomy in the world. Let me know how I can help you, why I can support you, all the tools that you need, all the processes that you need, all the people that you need, right? But if, if things start dropping, right, then I'll start moving the other way, right? To more micromanage me, uh, micromanage it. Like not down to like every single individual thing, but that's when I start whipping out the IDE, right? I might be pair coding with them at that level. You know what I mean? And keeping my hard skills to be able to do that is pretty important. Um, I think some, and I think until some words there with better connotations of like direction and support instead of micromanagement. management. <laughs> 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 uh, it can be uh, resonation yeah. better, yeah. But yeah, yeah. They're, you're pairing with them, so it can be like that. Like, who's the who's driving the keyboard? Am I driving the keyboard? Or are they driving the keyboard? So they can, it can be interpreted as that, even though yes, you're guiding them, but depends on what level. But then and then once they start improving, then you can back off again, right? But it. You know, I don't, I don't think it's a it's a binary thing. Oh, okay. So I guess I should continue with, with my my other two points as well. Um, well, the, the first one was like, yeah, aligning the, the skill sets with areas of interest. So at the moment, um, uh, for near now where I am, uh, there's, there's 31 engineers. So uh, at the moment, we can afford to uh, reorganize often because we're growing quite a bit, expanding to the US and Europe. And, um, and, um, but there's still room to to reorganize and balance the business need with the individual preferences. Because, like I said, like if you if you put somebody where they uh, in a place where they want to be, they'll grow a lot faster. They'll surprise you in more different ways, you know, positively, um, and and they'll be motivated to work on that thing. So at, at the moment, you know, it's good that we can do that. And, and I and I realize that not all, not all organizations can do that. Uh, the second technique that I use is um, is making sure that the engineers have objectives that they can be proud of. So one of the things that we've been really um, happy with is our graduate and intern program. Um, and a lot of them ha have gone on to be full-timers here and it's their first job still. Um, so we've had a lot of successes um, and and they can really make a splash and, and really grow um, with the company and continue the journey with us. So we don't give them any mundane tasks like documentation or adding only unit tests or data entry, right? None, none of that uh, nonsense. We set objectives so that they can be very proud of what they do, right? So at the end of this, whether or not they're still with us, these are the major points that they can put on their CV and be proud of it, wear it like a badge, right? So um, so that's that's like the second point. Um, and last but not least, um, we like to so solve cool and difficult problems. So we're working on complex physics. There's digital twins and 3D models. And the engineers get to exercise their brain on and make use of their education. So a lot of people are from comp side backgrounds or their PhDs in, in physics, right? You, you don't want to put that to waste. So they, they like the fact that they, they can use their background um, and they can use geospatial data structures. They can, they can do deep learning. Like it's all interesting, hard problems. 
Um, and the CEO and I uh, try to make use of those beautiful minds so that they're working on these engaging problems. So for the more traditional problems where there are canned solutions and it's been done and solved before, like sign up pages or something like that, or profile management, we actually uh, just get that outsourced. Or you can even like copy and paste it into something like ChatGPT nowadays, right? So that's that's not something that I want to give to our engineers. We want to make sure that they're working on the more engaging, juicier problems. So those are my techniques. Awesome. What about yourself, Steven? Awesome. Yeah, that, that was great to hear all that, Tony. Really hats off to you for, for saying micromanaging, but it doesn't sound like that's what you're doing. I'm sure you take would, would give you <laughs> done that. Um, yeah, for, for me, three techniques or, or, or tips. Uh, uh, my first sort of headliner was just figure out how to get out of everyone's way. Possibly I am to micromanage is my, maybe my, my issue. But um, yeah, I, I, no stupid rules. Was, was another sort of tip that's going to keep developers engaged is, is yeah, your brains are, are logic logic machines and they will spot a stupid rule miles away um, really don't disregard concerns if someone's raising something they've put a lot of thought into it already and they're, they're bringing it up so we're hearing people out um, yeah last all was like well, new, new experiences for people so I, I guess being engaged is like every day is a new day. Being present for today is, a, is an exciting adventure. Not trying to get stuck in in sort of stories of the past. It's just how do you how do you enjoy every new interaction, um, and and building that respect across everyone on the team that hey, this is an exciting thing going on today. What's new? What am I going to learn from it? How am I going to grow? Um, so yeah, that that was the the things I opt out. Awesome. Cheers, Stephen and Louise. You know, I think now that I'm lost, like everyone has talked about everything that I had in mind, but <laughs> similar to Tony, I think objectives are very important. And if if you have the capacity to have performance-based bonuses, they are, can be quite a good retention technique. And they, everyone likes some sort of financial reward. So having that objective tied to some financial reward, I think it keeps people engaged. Then very similar to what Mitch said, I think fostering a culture of collaborative work, trying to get the team to work together, come uh, get the team to work in the office, maybe do some team building activities, go for lunch. Uh, it's going to make it harder for them to actually leave the job. It's, it's a, if they make friends at work, of course, you're not just leaving your job, you're leaving actually people you care about. And I think also Mitch talked about having um, growth conversations, uh, looking after them, making sure you are uh, making room for them to develop professionally. In my case, it has worked pretty well to have, to schedule one supporter, like a more meaningful one-on-one, like maybe like 45 minutes to one hour where we actually discuss, okay, where do you want to head? Where do you want to see yourself growing? Uh, also to recognize their achievements. Um, always highlight the what's the good job that they have been doing. Um, Provide growth opportunities. I think as engineer leaders, is we are helping them grow their career, and sometimes we can see what are the blind spots. I think uh, developers and uh, software engineers are really grateful for when you give them that guidance. Um, yeah, also similar to what Tony said, is to make them feel empowered and not to to micromanage. I think it's very important to 
to empower the teams to come up with their own solutions so they, they don't just feel like they're like doing one ticket after another non-stop. It can be quite daunting. Um, so yeah, I think everyone touch on similar things. <laughs> I'll probably put one last thing in there and we've all, we've all listed things, but I guess it's a case of this is not, hey, pick one and run with it. You do need to do multiple. Like, for example, if you're like, excellent, I will just foster good teamwork in my team, but everything else is terrible, then excellent. The team's all going to get along get along swimmingly and then they'll actually all leave together because they've all found a good bond that <laughs> not a very good place to work. You know, yeah, they all get together. Thank you, you. <laughs> Exactly, yeah. You, you become the group enemy. Um, you, you need to do more than just one thing. It's a, it's a, it's a, a large-scale endeavour. Yeah, I think in that case, being a team player always helps. Like They just see you as a peer. Like sometimes you take something for the team like is everyone really busy can you actually help the team and take the load off from them and do something on their behalf i think when they see that you are doing things for them they actually you get them on their side and they don't see you as like the enemy as you said yeah that, they'll invite you with them when they leave in <laughs> <laughs> okay and um and then finally so i guess um we, we sort of touched on it a little bit there as well but um, what are some retention strategies for, for smaller businesses where there aren't as many possibilities for promotion? Um, Mitch, um, I, I know you wanted to speak about this. I'll let you. Yeah, so I've, I've, I've worked in a range of places ranging from quite small to quite large. Um, I'm kind of somewhere in the middle at the moment. Uh, but this is, this is something that's come up a lot and I'm always trying to trying to look after my team and sometimes... There are those who are wanting to progress or they want to move on to a, a more senior role. Hey, can I become a, a team lead or a tech lead? Do you really swap your system like, hey, what, what team are you leading? Uh, which to make you a team lead, we'd need to hire a team and we, we simply don't have that. And so I thought I'd, I'd, I'd pose the question to the group rather than me coming in and going by answering straight away. I guess I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll let the, the board have it. I'm, I'm happy to jump in. It's a, a great question. Um, for, for me, it's sort of exploring someone's assumptions about what is growth. Is a promotion growth, or how do you actually get stronger as a person? Uh, I, I don't necessarily see a smaller business provides less opportunities than a large business. Each each person might just have one unique opportunity that they need, and it might be hard to find that anywhere. And let the large company has lots of lots of small teams. At the end of the day. Um, but yeah, sort of trying to break out the, the thought that the grass is greener in, in a large company. Hey, you would have something better if you were there. It's, you've got the opportunity to personalize in a small company, really work out and spend the time with what, what do you need and remembering what your strengths are as a company and reminding yourself that you're great rather than thinking, hey, that there'd be some unique opportunity somewhere else. Um, you might just be offering something different than what the person's looking for. Um, but that can happen anywhere. It's, it's small or large. It, it might not leak up. Finding, helping people on their career path is, is very difficult, as is anywhere. So um, whether it's a small company or a big company, you're probably only changing it, the, the difficulty level 2%. Um, but yeah, personalization is is a, is a benefit that you have then. This is thoughts I am. Yeah, I'm happy to, to go next. Uh, it's always challenging. Like sometimes 
you might not be able to really retain that person if they're really after that promotion. But I think it depends also in the stage of the company. Like, do you have any journey or any storytelling that you can sell? Like, does the company have any ambitious plans or any bright future ahead? I said, look, maybe in a year time, we might be able to like spin up a new team. Um, what do you come for? What, what is the company doing? I think Tony said like, um, the company is really helping with like climate change. So is there like any purpose that you can sell, any mission that the employee can get on board with you and follow you on your journey and say in the future, if we succeed, we are gonna, everything's gonna look better for you. We're gonna have better possibilities. Um, but that really depends on what you're able to sell or what story you're able to tell. Um, if you were to look into smaller things, I would really piggyback on like the team bonding. Um, building a really building like a group of friends that are working together like maybe you can empower the team given like a, a budget for organizing lunches activities and maybe you can also be a culture of gratitude and recognition like there are small things like token apps where like the employees can give tokens to each other you can have like little words um it kind of makes a recognition fun and also you can give like small rewards um, I know it's kind of like a small distraction, but I think it also really gives a reason to come to work that is not just work. And I think that's what you need to like highlight at that stage. But yeah, keen to hear all the other opinions. It's always a tough one. I, I, I definitely agree with the purpose thing, so I can resonate with that um, quite a bit, especially when you're smaller. I actually would have thought that there would be more possibilities for promotion if you're smaller, but not small is kind of subjective, right? Um, because I, I think the, the the people in the smaller companies they wear they have to wear many different hats, right? Um, the organization is very flat, and each individual has to pretty much move mountains on their own, right? So that's why purpose is really important as well. So I would say at this stage that titles don't matter that much, and at this phase it's about that purpose. And if they're in the org for a promotion, they're in it for the wrong reasons, right? But if it's about compensation, then I think smaller co smaller companies do have a, a lever that they can pull, right? And that's ESOPs, right? So the bigger the risk, the bigger the reward, especially if you're earlier in your career, you should take those risks, right? Um, uh, and, and people seeking ESOPs are a good indicator that they're there for the right reason as well. Um, so... Um, and I guess maybe a tactical thing is you can be more um, transparent about the, the base salaries of when they can go up. So it, it might be like a trigger event, right? So yeah, we can talk about pay, uh, base salaries going up on, on the next raise or the next milestone or the next um, X number of customers uh, where it makes more sense because the, the company has to be sustainable in that sense, right? Yeah, um, very much sort of along my thought chain there, uh, Tony, and that it's a, uh, it could be a mental shift for people. And I've, I've had plenty of developers who have sort of gone through their junior phases in, in larger companies and they've really been instilled that, hey, you progress by getting a title change and moving up a hierarchy. And I've, I've had to come up with, tried to come up with different ways to, uh, to talk with people about this and try to get them to think instead of a, a bottom-up hierarchy promotion approach instead of think top-down. I'm like, hey, you're only two steps from the CEO. Um, <laughs> like, don't want to promote thing. Are you needing things instead? It really does. Yeah, you've mentioned like 
compensation remuneration i'm like hey it becomes more about hey we we recognize your value um and sometimes i have had to uh i guess construct job titles just to for those who are very um title driven and things like that so yeah thanks for all the input everybody I guess no one's just recognizing when you have roles that are low growth that there is a component of this thing's going to be changed and staying the same how it is it's, it's useful for you for a while but we want to get you out and and maybe as a small business you can be more constrained as uh, we're not making a movement but shaking yourself out of it to go we, we need to change the structure of the team up here it's going to there's something that we need to do to, to give to people to to change the natural growth environment that we're creating and that can happen in a big business or a small business anyways. Small places you tend to have a chance to make a big difference, right? Because you're a you are a, inherently a larger percentage of the organization just yourself. Um it's so I guess you know I've had the conversations of hey look if the the product, if the, the business does well, then that will create a, a larger team and a more successful business and you will inherently have therefore become more senior within a larger place um so go do your job <laughs> make this thing the best it can be um the, the thing you might miss is being able to share lots of career stories because how, how do you find out how careers are going for other people in a big business you can reach out and collect that information easier whereas your vision can be a bit more refined when you're a small team. So, yeah, suggesting people just go out and, and hear what things are like as you, as you go 10, 20, 30 years into your career. I think one thing that Tony briefly mentioned is that smaller companies should be easier for promotion. I think what is easier for promotion is when a company is growing and then they, they're spinning new teams and they're recruiting and hiring and that creates opportunity. I think it's probably not so much regarding the size of the company, but the stage the company is in. Yeah, those strategies are at any size, actually. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Well, yeah, look, I mean, I think there's been some uh, some great points that have been made uh, throughout all those questions there, guys. And um, um, yeah, some uh, some really good good insights that I'm sure um, the, the other um, engineering managers, CTOs, leaders, and... Uh, you know, in the community that are going to be listening to this podcast, may be able to adapt and um, incorporate into into their roles and their their companies. So, um, yeah, I just want to say thanks, guys, for for getting involved. Um, it's been great to to listen to you all today, and um, yeah, hopefully we'll see you on a, on another podcast again in the future. Mm-hmm.